Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. We're opening our Bibles tonight to the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to look tonight at Deuteronomy, beloved saints, chapter 10. And when we go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, we're going to be looking at verses 9 and 10. And when you have it, say amen. Tonight, we're going to be looking at one of the most important scriptures concerning the Levites. Tonight, I'm going to be speaking to you about the legacy of Levi, the curse in reverse. And also tonight, I'm going to be speaking to you about the legacy of Levi, the curse in reverse. Remember, this is the tribe that was appointed for what is anointed. Say it with me. The tribe that was appointed for what was anointed. So let us open tonight to this book of Deuteronomy, the 10th chapter and the 9th verse. Now let's go back up to the previous verse. Let's go back up. Yes, verse 8. Verse 8. And let us look at this. And I want us to read this together. One, two, three, go. At that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him, and to bless his name unto this day. Wherefore, Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren, for the Lord is his inheritance, according as the Lord had promised him. Now, for a moment, I want us that are familiar with Scripture and those particularly that are familiar with the tribe of Levi, the question does arise. Number one, how can it seem like the Lord has promised when it appears here, Levi has no part in the inheritance with his brethren for the Lord is his inheritance as the Lord has promised. Does that sound like a promise that you're not receiving the inheritance with your brethren. How many of you think, and really, if you read this, does this really sound like a promise? What does it sound like to you? Doesn't it sound like the opposite of a promise? Does it sound so great your brethren are receiving inheritance and you're not? Does it seem like something as if God is saying to the tribe of Levi, you're not going to receive any inheritance? Now, I want you to understand something about the tribe of Levi. Why are we studying? Because in October, we are going to be consecrated as ministry. Those of you who are going to commit to the ministry for a year um, in service, not this is not committing to a church. It's uh, different areas of ministry so that when we serve God in the ministry, we serve under the anointing and we serve in oneness of spirit with one heart, one mind operating in the koinonia by which God ordained the church to operate every joint supplying every person, every member, extremely important and very anointed. And every one of you have your anointed places and positions. 
The tribe of Levi is a prophetic prefiguring of the church of those that have been called and appointed to what is anointed. But if we look at this text, it says Levi has no part or inheritance with his brethren as the Lord has promised him. First of all, I want you to see this word promised in the Hebrew language. This word promised is actually the word davar. This is the word that we always get whenever God speaks anything. Davar, say it with me, davar. Devar is the spoken word. So it's not a specific word for promise. So this teaches us that every word that God speaks from his mouth is beneficial and acts as a promise that every word, no matter how difficult it may be, will end up for you and I in the context of promise. But what we want to look at tonight is this word inheritance so that we might understand how does Levi receive the inheritance and what happened to Levi? How did the curse go into reverse? First of all, let's look at this Hebrew word inheritance. The word for inheritance in Hebrew is the word nakala. Say it with me, nakala. Say it again, nakala. In this Hebrew word, nakala, we actually find the secret of what inheritance is. How many of you want to know what your inheritance is and what God has promised you? How many of you want to go up and possess the word that God has given you and the promises that God has given you? All right, we look at this word and let's break it in half in Hebrew. Let's use the etymology of the word and use the prefix. The prefix of the word nakala is the word knock. And the word knock is a very important word. Why? Because it's the shortened version of the word to knock. The word to knock is actually the word for the entire Bible in Hebrew. So it's not just Torah, it's the whole Bible. The Tanakh, say it with me, Tanakh. So you have the actual word if somebody is going to say, I'm going to study Tanakh, what they're actually going to say is I'm going to study Nakh. Okay, Nakh is a shortened version. If you look up on any website, you want to study Hebrew scriptures, you'll look up, uh, let's just say 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, you're going to have to look it up under Nakh, N-A-C-H, Nakh. So the beginning of the word for inheritance is knock, which includes all the word of God. And the second word for inheritance is Allah, which means to go up. It means to go up. So this means that every word in the Bible causes me to go up and inherit. Every word in the Bible assist me in inheriting the promises of God. How many of you want to inherit the promises of God? You and I cannot inherit the promises of God outside his word. Say it with me. His word is what leads me to inherit the promises and somebody ought to shout the victory. Hallelujah. Now, why did Levi not inherit with his brethren? It almost sounds very familiar. When you say, Dr. Corral, what do you mean by familiar? All right, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 49 for a moment. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 49, and I'm going to tell you what this does not mean. All right, in Genesis chapter 49, beloved saints, we are going to see the legacy of Levi and we are actually going to see what took place on Jacob's deathbed. 
Now, I want you to understand, I don't want to call it deathbed. I want to call it life bed, okay? Because he went to heaven. He didn't go, he didn't go to death. He went, he went to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to shout the victory. All right. Jacob, this was his most important reason for living was for this hour. Do you know why? Because as he is ready to go to heaven, he is going to pronounce over the Shabbat team, which are the tribes. He is going to pronounce over their lives, their future destinies. He is going to pronounce a braha that is going to go down the line in the tribes and actually give each tribe their identity. And they are going to be changed from just descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to Israel. That's a huge change. It's not the same. The, the, to become Israel means that there is going to be a huge transformation because they are going to become the chosen people. They are going to become the ones that God has elected and that God has selected. They are going to be the people of God and experience because remember the patriarch Jacob actually uh, shows us most of what the embodiment of Israel is all about more than any of the other patriarchs. Okay. Why? Because the angel changed his name, didn't he? When Jacob wrestled till the breaking of day, the angel said, what is your name to Jacob? And he said, my name is Jacob. And he said, no more shall you be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have had power with God and with man and have prevailed. I feel tonight that there are some of you that have been wrestling for a while, some demonic powers, and God is about to bring you into a shift. I got a word for you. Jacob wrestled with that angel till the breaking of day. Say this with me. He wrestled till the breaking of day. Okay, I got I to follow the Holy Ghost. So go with me just for a moment to Genesis chapter 32. And we are going to look at Genesis chapter 32. Hallelujah. I don't have my glasses. I'm sorry. Genesis chapter 32. And we are looking at Genesis chapter 32. Just go very quickly. And let us look at Genesis chapter 32, beloved saints. And once we put it on the screen, because I don't have my glasses, I can't see it. And so um, Genesis chapter 32. If I could have. Thank you so much, sweetie pie. What a darling. Look at this sweetheart. See, I couldn't even see them, and they're right in front of me. Help us, God. This is what happens. Well, we're not confessing it, okay? We're not confessing age. We're saying we're going forward in the things of God. All right. So sorry about that, saints. All right. Um, golly gee, that is not good. All right, so we're looking at Genesis chapter 32, beloved, because I have to speak this to you. God is saying it because it's a promise for someone here, and I have to release it in the atmosphere for someone who's been wrestling. Hallelujah. 
Genesis chapter 32, the Bible says, looking at verse 24, the Bible says, and Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him till when? The breaking of day. I want you to understand the breaking of day is dawn. It's the morning. And when the morning comes, the word morning in the Hebrew language actually is related to the word womb, meaning that new things are born out. New things are born. New things are coming. You didn't know that your wrestling was causing you to birth something out that God is going to bring in your life to pass. But God wants you to know that that wrestling was till the breaking of day because something's going to break at daybreak. So we see Jacob going back now to Genesis chapter 49. Jacob has completed his walk on earth. And he is going to do now the most important mission of his whole life. This is why he was put here on this earth. He already went through every test that was necessary to form the nation of Israel. And that's why his seed, his descendants are called Israel. And the land is called Israel. It's named after his spiritual name. When the angel changed his name, you'll no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Meaning your descendants are Israel and the land is Israel. So that means the people are called Israel and the land is called Israel. And they are most going to be most like Jacob. This is why Jacob went through the trials that he went through because the trials were for a purpose to birth out the nation. Now, I want you to see what's very important because his first two sons, let's look at the text, are not going to reach the supernatural summit God ordained for them. The first son, we're going to see what God ordained, but the blessing is on pause. And the second two sons are not going to receive at all except that their character change. Let us look and see. The Bible says in, in verse 1, And Jacob called unto him his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I, that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. In the Akarith, it doesn't mean in the end times. It means that I may tell you what is ahead for you in your future, that I may tell you what God has ordained for you down the line. Jacob is having the anointing to see in the future what their descendants are going to do and what that particular tribe is going to contribute to the nation of Israel to make it Israel. All right. And so it says, gather yourselves together in here, verse 2. Gather yourselves together and hear, you sons of Jacob, and hearken to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. That sounds like an awesome braha, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like the most incredible blessing? How many of you know that's really what was intended for Reuben? He was the firstborn. He should have been the excellency of strength and the excellency of power. But notice the next verse. What was ordained for him, he didn't receive. Say this with me. I don't want to miss my miraculous moment with destiny. And in this month coming up, 
I do not want to mess up my miracle by being stuck in some old habit or old way of thinking that is displeasing to God. Say this with me. I want to break out of the bondage and come into the fullness of my destiny. Say, I want everything God's got for me. This alone. This, the month coming up, is a month before the new year, the biblical new year. And messianically, because of Christ, we receive these promises because of Jesus. And so now we see, notice what he says. Go back up to verse three. Excellency of dignity, excellency of power. But look at verse four. Unstable as water, you will not excel. Because you went up into your father's bed and you defiled it and you went up into my couch. All right, looking at verse five. Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty in their habitations. Oh, my soul, come not into their secret, unto their assembly, my honor. Be not united. For in their anger, they slew a man, and in their self-will, they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in, his, in Israel. Wow, does that sound like a blessing? Okay, number one, I want you to know he's not cursing them. He's cursing the anger. And he's telling them something indirectly. The Torah is teaching us something. The Torah is going to teach us something phenomenal here. Do you know what it's going to be? Two brothers. Notice it says, Jacob, let's go back. It says, rather, it says, um, it says, let's go back up into verse five. Simeon and Levi are brethren. What does that mean? We all know they're brethren, don't we? If we know the 12 sons of Jacob, we already know their brethren. It means they're two, almost like two peas in a pod. They're exactly alike. They were raised in the same family. They were raised by the same righteous parents. They were raised by, in the influence of Abraham, Isaac, and Rebecca, where, where the mother of Jacob and they were raised in that tent, in that environment. Is that a holy environment? Yes or no? Yes, it is. Okay, Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty in their habitation. So the first thing we're going to see is that the anger and the cruelty, he cannot unite his soul with it. He's not saying I'm cursing you. He's not saying you're not going to receive an inheritance because you're going to see that Levi is going to receive the greatest inheritance in Israel. But the Bible is going to show us two people with the same exact issues, one that solves the problem, one that gets healed, one that gets delivered, one that repents, one that turns his life around, and the other one that does nothing with it and stays in the spirit of denial for the rest of his life. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. amen. Say this with me. This Rosh Hashanah, I'm not going to play games. Say this with me, whatever the Lord has to do with me to get me to the place of receiving my destiny, I'm willing to go through it. Come on, I'm willing to go through it. Because I've come
denied my destiny now. I don't know about you, but you should tell your neighbor, neighbor, I've gone through too much. I've been there, done that, and I cannot waste any time on nonsense. Are you hearing me tonight? Okay, let's look at this. Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty in their habitation. Jacob says, this is nothing like the tent of Abraham. And just because you're my descendants, you don't get a free pass. Hello, say this with me. No one gets a free pass to destiny. Even if you speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues should make you on fire for God and make you walk with God. The baptism in the Holy Ghost has been given to you to live a holy life and to live in holiness and to seek holiness. And what is the biblical equation of holiness? Love your neighbor as yourself. And what is the biblical equation of holiness? We're not going to be stuck in this anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, and cruelty. Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty in their habitation. Notice what Jacob is saying. Oh, my neshama, oh, my soul, come not near their secret. I can't be joined to it. You're my sons, but I can't be joined to it. I can't just bless you. Unto their assembly, my honor, be not united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will... They dig down a wall. What is he referring to? Well, number one, Simeon and Levi were the number one chief instigators in the kidnapping of Joseph. But he's not referring to that because Jacob never knew what they did. He is referring specifically to the event that took place in Shechem when Dina, the daughter of of Jacob was violated. He slew the whole, they slew the whole entire community of Shechemites. And they never reconciled it. They never corrected their behavior. They never corrected the anger. You see, it's not so much about perfection as character correction. Say it with me. It's not so much about perfection but character correction. Someone who has enough chutzpah to say, you know what? I'm going to face this thing in my life and I'm going to bring it to God because I don't want it to block my blessing. I don't want it to block what God's got for me. I don't want it to block my breakthrough. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Watch the rest of this. Watch the rest of it. Looking at verse 7, cursed be their anger, it was fierce, and their wrath for it was cruel. For I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Well, it sounds like Levi is not receiving inheritance with the brethren, so it sounds like he's already scattered in Israel. But that's not exactly what happened. If you look at the records and you examine carefully, you will see not one single solitary leader ever came out of the tribe of Simeon. Not one. 
You will see there was never a judge. You will see there was never a leader. You will see there was never a prophet. You will see that there was never any person in the tribe of Simeon that is written that produced any fruit in the nation of Israel at all. Simeon is not mentioned. And when Moses blesses the tribes, he doesn't bless Simeon. So only one left out. But on the contrary, touch your neighbor and say, things can change and it's up to you. How desperately do you want destiny? Come on. How destiny, how desperate are you for destiny? Are you willing to work? Come on. Are you willing to face some stuff? Are you willing to face some stuff? Notice. It's just the opposite for Levi. Because you know why? Go with me to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Immediately after Jacob's decease, another small narrative is given about Joseph in Egypt, and immediately we go to the narrative in Egypt. And immediately the Bible spotlights a family that's going to bring deliverance from the Egyptian bondage. And notice that the names of the individuals are not mentioned. Only the tribe is mentioned because God wants us to see something happen to Levi. Hello. The Torah doesn't teach us only by what it says. The Torah teaches also by what it doesn't say. Okay, so we don't see anything at all in any biblical way, shape, or form, anything that ever happened to Simeon. But we are going to see endless blessings with Levi. They both lived in the same house. They both had the same parents. They both had the same weakness. But one faced it. The other one did it. Hello, are you with me? If you are, say, face it now. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? The Bible says, there went a man from the house of Levi who took a daughter of Levi. Why is the Bible writing it like that? Why don't we get, there was a great woman by the name of Yochavet. She was Bat Levi. She was the daughter of Levi. And she married a man named Amram who was, who was uh, uh, from the house of Levi. But we don't get that. The Torah deliberately omits their names at this point. Why? Because the Bible wants to emphasize somebody got their destiny changed. Somebody got the curse broken off. Somebody, somebody, the curse went into reverse. I hope you're hearing this. I don't know about you, but if you've had some heavy spirits you've been dealing with, you better hear this word tonight because God can cause the curse to go into reverse, but it's up to you. It's all in your, it's all up to you. You have to want it. You have to ask God for it. You have to seek it. You have to pray for it. You have to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be like this. You have to say, Jesus, I don't want to be an angry person. God, I don't want to falsely accuse. I don't want to lash with my mouth. 
I can cut off my own blessing by lashing with my mouth. I don't want to speak evil words about people because I'm angry at them. I want to be an expert in chewing them up and spitting them out. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Say, we're learning real righteousness here. Okay, so the Bible tells us here, and we're going to go and see that what was the blessings that God gave this house? Well, number one, Levi, your descendant is Moses. Number two, Levi, guess what? Your descendant is Aaron and all the priests. Number three, Levi, your tribe is separated and consecrated. Above all the other tribes, they are assigned to the tabernacle and they will live under the presence of God. Levi, the prophet Samuel is your descendant. Levi, John the Baptist is your descendant. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. Zechariah is your descendant. And so we see all throughout the history of Israel, the ones chosen to bear the Ark of the Covenant, Levi. The ones that were chosen to set up the tabernacle, Levi. The ones that were the offerings unto God, Levi. The ones who brought heaven down to earth, Levi. You see, when you are willing to work with God, heaven will work with you. Lashem Shabbayim means for the sake of heaven. The whole concept here is character traits. Why did God bring Joseph to such an incredible destiny? Is it because he suffered? Don't a lot of people suffer? Don't you see a lot of people going through things in their life? And is that the reason why? Because God just feels sorry for you because you suffered. So now you get a free pass. Not quite. Why did Esther get a free pass? Yes, her suffering added to the favor. I must say that. Because she was an orphan and because Joseph was hated. He had a little bit of a favor there. Say, if you've been through some things, you got some favor on your side. Am I talking to anyone? Is there anybody here that's ever gone through rejection? Is there anybody here that's been accused falsely? Is there anybody here that's been hated by their own family? Is there anybody here that's been betrayed? Is there anybody here that's been sold? Anybody here that's been used? Anybody here that's been lied to? Anybody here that's been mocked? Anybody here that was like an orphan and never felt at home in your own home? Anybody here that has ever gone through some stuff, feels isolated and separated? Am I talking to anybody here then you're a candidate but guess what you got to get the resume now hello I said every person that's ever attained to greatness in the Bible has a resume and it's right there in scripture it's their character it's how they overcame the obstacles it's how they overcame. And for Levi, because of the tremendous challenge, the tremendous challenge 
of his old ways. God says, I'm going to put you near the anointing. Because the anointing breaks the yoke. And so, you say, how was their inheritance different? All right, that legacy of the Levite begins in the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers, the Septuagint authors really messed it up. Because that isn't the original. That's not the name Moses gave it. Numbers really didn't have anything to do with it when you look at the whole, the whole genre and the prophetic agenda of Moses. His prophetic agenda is the wilderness, Bamidbar. And the whole focus of the wilderness is bringing heaven down to earth in the glory of God. How Israel will constrain the glory or Israel will restrain the glory. And so one of the entities that God used to bring heaven down to earth was this tribe. Numbers chapter 1 gives us, and you can see why the Septuagint authors changed the name from Bamidbar to Numbers, is because chapter 1 is all about numbers. It's all about the census, the national census in documented detail for every tribe that's going to war. But then in Numbers chapter 1, verse 48, I want you to see it. Numbers chapter 1, verse 48, Numbers chapter 1, verse 48 says, The Lord spoke to Moses and said, You will not number the tribe of Levi, um, and neither take the sum of them among the children of Israel. Why is that? Because Levi is going to be separated. Levi is going to be consecrated. And you can't even mix the, the census with the other tribes. Because they're so separated for the purpose of God that you can't even mix it with the other tribes. Because they're going to be separated unto the anointing. Notice what it says in verse 50. But you shall appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, over all the vessels thereof, over all that belongs to it. They are assigned to the supernatural secret of the world of the tabernacle. That means they know the spiritual realm. They are not going to be with the others. They are going to be separated and consecrated unto God holy as sacrifices unto God. They're going to bear the vessels. They're going to minister to it. They're going to encamp around about the tabernacle. Do you realize that distinction is going to be made here in verse 52? Look at verse 52. Verse 52 is going to make a clear distinction that the other tribes do not camp near the tabernacle. They're going to camp afar off in the distance. But Levi, 
is going to be smack in the center and they're going to live in the environs of the tabernacle under the cloud of glory. There are some of God's people that have been saturated and separated and your destiny is to live under the glory cloud. You see, why did God allow this? Because of bondage of the past. Those of you that have been through some bondage, those of you that need some things to get delivered of, you need to be under the glory cloud. The bondage of Levi in the past. The bondage of what Levi did. We don't even, Jacob didn't even know when he said, my soul's not going to be united to you. Jacob didn't know what he, they did to Joseph. He did not know it. The revelation came out that he was hated among his brethren and the blessing. But Jacob never knew what they did. They killed an animal, dipped Joseph's coat in blood, tore it up, and gave it to their father in the place called Shechem. Same place where months earlier they had committed mass murders. The same spirit was there to cause them to do it again in that same cruelty. This time they victimized their own brother. They were in bondage. To victimize their own brother and sell him. Jacob was a wealthy man. Those young men were wealthy. They could have said, Father, we need to go to Egypt. I would like to purchase some lambs there for our flocks. Their father would have said, go. They could have checked on their brother. Is he dead or alive? But see, anger can become cruel. We can justify it. Anger comes out in many different ways. It doesn't just come out in wrath. Wrath is just one form of anger. Anger comes out in the form of bitterness, resentment, and grudges. How do you know you're angry at somebody? A grudge. The Bible forbids grudges, in case you didn't know that. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 19, Verse 18, you shall not bear a grudge and you shall not avenge. Why does it say it together? You shall not bear a grudge against any of the children of my people. You shall not avenge. Why is it together? You shall not avenge. You shall not bear a grudge because if you're bearing a grudge, there's going to be some kind of revenge. Guess what kind of revenge? I'm not talking to you anymore. That's revenge. When I look at you, I just see repulsion. I'm disgusted. That is horrible revenge. Revenge. You did it to me, so I'm going to do it to you and see how you feel. See how it feels like. Wait a minute. Are, you a, are we Christians? Is that the way Christians respond? 
Whatever happened to love your enemy and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. It's not easy. It doesn't just happen because we speak in tongues. We have to pray for it. We have to want to be like Jesus more than we want anything else in this world. We have to want to walk like Jesus. If we're going to be Christians, let's walk like he walked. If we're going to be Christians, let's talk like he talked. And it's going to be beautiful. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Your destiny will not be bound. It's not worth it. It's some little grudge that the person you have the grudge against doesn't even know you got a grudge. They just think, well, you're just never like to go to your party that you invite them to. Or they never like to go to dinner. They're just clueless. They don't know you feel like you feel. They have no clue. They think you really still love them. And so, well, is it really worth it to hold on to something and to lose your miraculous moment with destiny over it. It's not worth it. You have to be willing to just say, God, okay, God, help me work on it. If I fall tomorrow, you pick me up. Jesus, I'm going to take baby steps on this one. Every time I get around this person, I get tempted because, Lord, they say things to me that just really get me going. But, God, I'm taking baby steps. I'm no, I don't want to hate them, Lord. I don't want to not think good of them. I don't want to speak evil behind their back. Help me, God. I'm taking baby steps. You fall, but you get back up again. Say, I'm getting back up again. I'm getting back up and I'm getting into my destiny. Nothing is going to stop me from receiving what God's got for me. Hello is a time of inventory. We have to take inventory of the soul and be prepared for the new year. And with Christ, we can do all things through Jesus who strengthens us. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Begin to raise those hands up toward heaven. Oh, Jesus, we want to serve you. Oh, Jesus, we want to love you. Oh, Jesus, we want to walk with you. Oh, Jesus, we want to be compassionate. Oh, Jesus, we want to be merciful. Oh, Jesus, help us. Help us not to judge. Help us not to be critical. Sometimes critical thinking of others is actually a form of revenge. Sometimes thinking negative thoughts about somebody is a nice little religious way of covering up revenge. Sometimes our benefit requires being better than other people. And you see the character traits the Bible lifts up. Moses on his resume gets what he gets. Now the man Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Hmm. That's on his resume. Esther's resume, 
Would you like to see the little secrets that bring big success? Say this with me. I want to see little secrets that bring big success. Humongous success. Astronomical success. You know, you can take a success seminar, spend a thousand bucks, and you come out the same way that you entered in. You didn't get any biblical success out of that because you weren't taught one thing about character. You were more taught about gimme, gimme, gimme. Hello? What's real biblical success? And Esther obeyed Mordecai. Like as when she was brought up by him. She obeyed him in everything. This is not when she was little Hadassah. This is when she was Queen Esther. And she'd already been on the throne for months, for years. Are you with me? Raise those hands, beloved saints. Raise those hands. We want those character traits. We want to be like those mighty people of God who came into supernatural success. God, we want to be like Jesus. We want to be true Christians. We want to love our enemies. We want, Lord God, nothing to block the destiny. You see, God can just break it open overnight. God can turn your enemies and make them your greatest assets. God can cause something to happen to your enemy where you are not any part of it. You didn't wish evil. You just walked in the way, but they had to Bow down to the Jesus in you. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.